What is up and welcome to Ambitious with Dylan Price. And joining me now is a rising country music superstar. He's a Braves fan, which unfortunately we'll talk about at some point in the course of this interview. And step by step, uh, there's going to be a couple puns here. He's found his destiny as a country music star. I know I see it on your face, um, but he <laughs> is now pursuing a dream of his. He's a father of four and he is doing a lot of incredible things. It's an honor and a privilege to have country music superstar. I'm going to use that term now. Brandon <laughs> Davis on the show today. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. Appreciate you having me on. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, and obviously you're doing a lot of cool stuff right now. You're on tour, which we'll talk about throughout the course of this, but I want to get back to the beginning because your story is really probably one of the coolest I've ever heard. Um, can you kind of take our listeners through the journey of what got you started in pursuing your dream of country music again? So back in 2019, I got in a, a nearly life-ending car wreck. I was sitting at a red light getting ready to turn and a distracted driver decided to come through and hit me head on. Uh, when I got rushed to the hospital, it was, you know, ruptured colon and a bunch of internal injuries that I really didn't know were a thing or a factor at the time. They ran some tests, did a scope, came running back out after they did the scope and told my wife, look, if we don't operate now, he's going to die. And I woke up to find out what all had been done and how close I came to losing my life. And you just realize that what you think is going to go on forever, it can just be gone in an instant. And it just kind of gave me a moment of clarity to say, look, there's a lot that I haven't done, a lot of goals that I haven't reached for and dreams I haven't chased. And yet this is what I'm preaching to my kids to do every single day. So how can I tell them to chase their dreams if I'm not going to chase mine? And music was at the top of that list. And I, uh, I told my wife, look, I really want to start pursuing it and just give it my all. It's always been my passion. I've always wrote songs. I've always played music and, you know, done it here and there. But it's I've never put it at the forefront and never really pursued it like I wanted to. And I felt like that was the chance. So going back even further than that to the origin of your country music dreams, your father, a country music singer as well, was that kind of where the seed was planted early on in life and that was kind of where you wanted to follow it? Or did that come later in life that you wanted to get involved with country music? I wanted to get in, get involved with it early on because of my dad, because he had me growing up on Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings and George Jones, and he had played in countless country bands. He played in gospel groups for years and toured all across the country doing that. And actually got to open up for Garth Brooks back in 1988. So it's it's an incredible journey that he took and getting to watch him have all these chances and opportunities that he took and really instilling the values that came along with it into me as I grew up. It really kind of put me in the country music world before I ever knew how much I wanted to be in it or even how far country music could, you know, potentially carry me in the future. But I always knew because of him, I wanted to write songs because he sat down with a buddy of ours named Peabody all the time, just them in a flat top. And they had a little black box that still to this day is sealed with all these different songs that were written, stapled with a date and everything on them, sitting in that black box for at least probably 30 years or more. And I, I just knew one day I wanted to have my own little black box. I wanted to have my own special you know, secret stash of all these songs that I'd written. So one 
big core component of this podcast kind of comes in the title is ambitious. So the big thing is people chasing your ambition. So you had this ambition. So what led you to kind of put it on the back burner for all that time from your young roots to 2019 when the accident kind of provided you that moment of clarity? Well, for a long time, I thought that baseball was going to be a ticket and I chased baseball like crazy. I was constantly playing, constantly outside practicing, and it was a year-round ordeal. And when I got into college, I realized that, you know, baseball and music, they were two incredible things that I had a huge drive and love and, you know, a lifelong relationship with, but neither one of those were a guarantee. You know, you can't guarantee you're the best baseball player. You can't guarantee that you're going to be – a musician everyone wants to hear or a songwriter that people want to, you know, listen to those songs. So how can I, I was thinking at the time, how can I take a path that is going to further me in life, but give me a guarantee. And that was getting a degree and finding a good job and settling down and finding a family. And I had a, I had a really good thing going. I had a good job. I had a bachelor's degree from UTC of Chattanooga I was uh, a design engineer for a fire protection company. And I mean, I had a beautiful family, a nice home. Uh, we all had food on the table and cars to drive in. So there was nothing wrong with that. But I just realized that in that moment when that wreck happened, it took that safe path that we had been on all this time, that kind of shelter that I had built around, you know, anything that could have sprawled out into those dreams or those wild adventures that could have taken us to where we are today. I just, I, I didn't get out of that bubble until I realized that it wasn't a bubble I was living in. It was just simply saying, look, step past what you believe is going to be normal. Because if you step out of that comfort zone and just give it a shot, that's all it takes to actually realize it. And we just, we spent too much time not, not actually giving it a shot, not chasing it. And when you're scared of something that could be the best thing you've ever done, how do you know, how do you know how it's going to turn out if you don't do it? Wow. That's amazing. So in a way, I know you wrote a lot of songs or written a lot of songs about the experience and how lucky and blessed you are in your life, which we'll get into. But in a way, do you look back on such a tragic accident as in a way, kind of a blessing because it gave you that perspective? Well, when it happened, I remember sitting in recovery and my wife was telling me, uh, telling me to, you know, really put in, put it in my mind as, you know, how I, how I could step forward from it. And I kept saying, you know what? I just don't know why it happened. Like, why, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? And she said, you don't realize it now, but you're going to look back one day and it's going to be clear. And she was right. So it's almost fitting that your wife's name is Destiny as she kind of <laughs> pointed you towards your destiny there. And now you're doing an incredible thing by pursuing this career and putting out some amazing music. So what was the first song you wrote and released that kind of that you knew, OK, this there's something here. I really can make this dream happen. I mean, the very first song that we put out, the only reason we got to do it was because a producer had reached out to us and uh a guy who I call a really close friend now named Jacob Frisch. And he gave us a shot by saying, look, I just want to take what you've got and give you a chance by producing your stuff for free. We'll get some good players on it. I just want to get your music out to the world. And that's what we did. We 
you know, we didn't have a whole lot of funding to do so, but we got it through distribution, had to learn. Um, she was learning how to record my vocals on a computer off of YouTube just so we could make things happen. And that first song, God Made Angels, released in November of 2019. And it, I think we hit like number 24 on uh, digital sales charts for the day on iTunes. And it was so many people, you know, congratulating and people sharing it. And so many people that had told us what the song meant to them. And it was just that moment that says, wow, you know, there's people out there that actually they're behind this. They want to hear more and they're, they're supporting the fact that we're in, we're in the driver's seat making this happen right now. And that, that was, uh, that was the first release that sparked all of them that we've had since. So one thing that you guys have done fantastic, and it's something that I think any artist nowadays has to kind of get down, Pat, if you want to have success, is utilization of social media. You guys have used Instagram, TikTok to build probably one of the most loyal music fan bases there are out there as you've got 200,000 plus on Instagram and a rabid fan base around you that's supporting you, going out on following this step-by-step -step tour, following you out with Tim McGraw. How did that kind of start, that realization that, okay, if I want to build this following, social media really is a fantastic way to do it? Uh, to be honest, I was never a big social media guy. I had a Facebook just because I'm a comic book nerd, and I knew there were some comic <laughs> book pages on there for years. But uh, when COVID hit, it was kind of that that point where we had to find a new way to break into it because we didn't know what – there's no – way to break into music there's no you know set formula or step by step well pun intended instruction <laughs> that you can give to anybody but we uh we had tried like gigging around playing some of the local gigs here in town and just posting stuff like youtube and a little bit to facebook and we, we weren't really getting much traction and when covid hit the local gigs went away so now anything we did had to be online and she found tiktok and i I had seen advertisements for it and she kept saying, you need to get on TikTok and make videos on there. I was like, I ain't going to do it. I was like, I have seen the advertisements for it. And I said, it's a bunch of people trying to do crazy dances or be funny or like magic tricks. I was like, I got two left feet, dad jokes and don't nobody want to hear. That. So she, she kind of hounded me on it for a little while and finally just started videoing me and posting it, whether I knew it or not. And when we had the first one start to go viral, she was like, look what I've been doing. And showed me the phone. I was like, holy cow, this is insane. We've, she was showing me like a video that had thousands of views where I was, you know, really thankful to have like 500 people interact with anything that we posted. And it was just an eye opener to say, wow, this is a new platform that obviously a lot of people in the middle of this pandemic are just sitting on their phones staring at. So, why not use that to our advantage? Why not post this music and say, hey, you know, we've got stuff you might want to listen to. Hey, here's a new song. Go, you know, pre-save it. See if you can help us out and just stream this thing like crazy. It was just a tool that felt, you know, if it's there, why not use it? So in a way, I know we talked about the accident and how that kind of was a catalyst. COVID kind of helped polarize your career and kind of give it that little jolt then in a way because so many people were at home as you mentioned going through tiktok going through social media and having that content out there kind of helps so do you accredit any of that boost to everything going on in the world or do you think it would have just been kind of luck of the draw anyways i don't know i mean it's it's hard to say you go back in time and 
see how things pan out, see if everyone's going to turn to a more digital world, which I think, I think the natural way of how things are evolving with cell phones and computers and different apps and streaming services between TV and uh, TV and music, it, you know, maybe it's the natural course that was already set and COVID just kind of jump started it. But one way or another, it was the, the path that got set and we just tried to roll with the tide and see if we could, uh, see if we could jump on the train before, you know, before it became something that maybe it wasn't an opportunity like it was. So one thing that you do fantastically with social media is not only do you highlight your music and put a light on that, but you put a light on the beautiful relationship you have with your wife. And then you also put a great light on the relationships you have with your kids. How important are those bonds to you first as who you are, but second, and kind of hoping that shines through to people and resonates with people. I mean, the big thing that I, I want the kids to take away from everything we do is that we do what we do because we love it. And we do what we do, not only to, you know, provide for them and provide for us, but this is literally just showing them that it is worth chasing after what you believe in and what you love and what is passionate to you, what drives you, what makes you feel like you're giving your best self to the world. And I want people to see that these kids are loving it right alongside of us. They're, they're coming to these shows and screaming in the crowd or jumping up on stage and stealing my microphone. And we're singing in the kitchen. We're using everything from spoons to forks to water bottles to, you know, put on a show in the middle of the house. I mean, it, it goes all the way down to my dog that every time she hears, hey, baby, she could be on the other end of the house and come running. <laughs> and it's it's incredible. You see them light up whenever they know something's about to about to happen for these impromptu song sessions that we have around the house. Or I've got my daughter who's already writing down her songs that she's personally wrote in a little notebook that she carries back and forth to school. And all of them have an interest in wanting to learn the guitar. So it's just I want everyone to see that it's not just me and my wife chasing after music. It's it's our family that's living in what we're doing. And it's become a family affair from the get go. So what does that mean to you? You just mentioned your daughter writing down her own songs, your kids already having as young as they are that urge to want to learn guitar. You mentioned that one of the core reasons you wanted to pursue this was to show them that if you chase your dreams, they can, too. And it's already as young as they are hitting them and showing like, all right, well, dad's doing this and we could do it too, because it's so cool. What does that mean to you? It means a lot because I always looked up to my dad growing up. I wanted to do everything he could do. I wanted to be just like him. If he had a record, I had to find a way to break it. <laughs> and if he had, you know, if he was this strong, I had to make sure I could be that strong or, if, you know, anything I could do to be like that. And I want them to have that same that same growing up mentality of I want to be like dad because dad's a person I would like to be like, not because dad is who dad is, but dad is a good person that is setting a, a good example. If I can be that person, that's, that's, that's my goal. And to show them that, that we love them every step of the way and whatever choices they make, because now I've got boys that are wanting to venture out and play football and, possibly add in wrestling and basketball and you know there's a lot of that stuff I didn't even do growing up and I just want them to feel like hey if it's what you want to do go do it that's awesome and now looking kind of 
at all you've accomplished, uh, you're now doing something kind of similar to what your father did. Your father toured with an icon in Garth Brooks, and now you had the opportunity to tour with an icon in Tim McGraw. What was that call? Like, I know it was highlighted for you on social media, but when Tim reached out to you and said, all right, we want you to go on tour with us for some of these shows, what was that moment like to kind of experience that? I mean, the first night, I'll be honest, it didn't feel real. I was in the middle of a write and hopped off of the Zoom so I could go answer the phone. That happened. My jaw dropped. My entire life changed within, you know, a couple minutes long phone call. And I don't think it really set in until the next morning when I was on my way to the gym. And I'm like, we're going on tour with Tim McGraw. Like someone you've listened to on the radio since you were six years old or younger, cranking it up with your mom in the Ford Taurus going down the road. Like we're going on tour with a country icon, a legend. And when I got out on the road, getting to, getting to live a life where you're seeing such a good group of people, not just in Tim McGraw, but the people he surrounds himself with and how everyone treats each other so well and, you know, by the end of it, you're all feeling like your family. And it's just one of those, one of those times that six weeks of my life that if I could have stretched them out even longer, I would have, because it was filled with so many, so many good vibes and good people and just lifelong lessons that I'll carry for the rest of my life. That's fantastic. I saw the one clip of you getting the opportunity to put the hat on that your father wore and just so many cool experiences on tour and even getting the opportunity to rub elbows with him, Russell Dickerson, so many cool people. So now you're doing this step-by-step tour, getting an opportunity to go all over. What has that been like as well, your opportunity to kind of go out and perform these shows? It's been incredible, man, because there are so many different places we get to visit and so many relationships we build up at every stop especially getting to getting to have the meet and greets at every location and, you know, talking to people and figuring out why, you know, why they're there, why they are, why they're loving the music, what drove them to, you know, possibly make a a three to five hour drive just to come to one show. And it's just, it's crazy to see how something is carried from being a video in front of my refrigerator at my house to getting to share what I believe in, in all these songs and tell all these stories in countless different locations across the country. It's just, it's, it's un, unreal, to be honest. So you mentioned that music resonating pe- with people, two songs that really have grown immensely. Um, well, that's what Cowboys are for. I think that's what the, I got the title right, um, as well as Destiny and then Step by Step have been three songs that have been fantastic, resonated with a lot of people. Destiny is the first one I want to talk about, obviously dedicated to your lovely wife. What was the process in writing that song and then kind of surprising her with it as well? So the original idea was a line that's in the song, but I, I said, I want to write a song about, you know, I couldn't make it up even if I tried. Mm-hmm. And we started toying around with the idea and one of my buddies was like well you know what we're pretty much writing the definition of don't you and i was like well, what he said destiny so like and what is your wife's name but destiny I was like, well that's perfect i was like but if we're gonna do this we gotta do it secret i don't want her to know about it she was standing you know just over in the kitchen 
And I, I told her, I was like, hey, why, why don't you go work on the project over on the other end of the house that you were saying you wanted to work on so bad while we're in here writing? And she went off and started working on it. And uh, I told the guys, I was like, we got to have a code word to write this song. We can't say destiny the whole time. She's going to hear me. So for the rest of the night, we found a word that was similar. And all she could hear us singing was the word recipe the <laughs> entire time. So she would ask me thereafter once the song was written and I was trying to get it produced. I was trying to make the, you know, make it have everything in place in time to make our first EP. And she said, what is the song called? I just want to know what the title is. I said, I can't tell you the title because if I tell you the title, then it ruins the surprise. I said, all you need to know is it's called recipe. Just call it recipe for now. She goes, why is it called recipe? I said, cause it's still cooking. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so when she finally, got to hear it for the first time I was in I think I was in the middle of Texas down around Dallas and I I don't know where exactly we were at we're on the side of the highway but I saw a target parking lot yank that truck over into the parking lot when I saw the email come through and put my phone up in the corner said I want I want to capture this moment and play you this song because I don't ever want to forget this time with you I want to see your face when you get to hear this for the very first time. And it had been about three months long of waiting. And the only time I've ever kept a secret. And it was, it was unbelievable. Just the emotion and getting to share how the story played into the whole song. And it's, uh, it's incredible to get to get to do that with someone you love and share that kind of thing. So, Going from the story about your wife and how destiny has kind of tied into everything throughout your life to step by step, which really, as you mentioned earlier, steps of everything in your life kind of culminating to this incredible career you've built for yourself. And then also the matter of stepping up and being a father figure and now being a father of four. Can you kind of talk about the process of writing that song and also the experience of stepping up and being such a phenomenal husband and father. So writing step by step, I wanted to really write a song for my daughters where it started out. And the more I wrote it, I was sending over, I was still had an office job at the time. So I was typing all this stuff out on Facebook messenger, sitting in there over to my wife and my computer. And she said, why don't, instead of making it just to her, why don't you make it so it could be to her or Brantley, either one. And I was like, you know, that's actually kind of perfect. And I thought, well, if you make it for both kids, why not make it for both parents? So we tried to make it so that if it, you know, if it was the stepdaughter or the stepson, or if it was the, you know, say it's the nephew who had to be brought into his uncle and aunt's home or foster kids, you know, godparents, I wanted all an all-encompassing scenario where whoever wanted to connect with the song could. And by the time I was done, we gave a, a quick sneak peek on TikTok just to share people what we felt was something very powerful. And everyone said, we really want to hear the rest of the song. So I sat down that next, I think that next night we were on our way to a haunted house. As a matter of fact, I was sitting in the car and the second verse just clicked in my head. And I got home that night, knew I had to finish it, sat up the next morning and hopped up on the kitchen counter with a guitar and posted it to YouTube and told everybody, I was like, if you're connecting with this song, it, it's here. You, you go listen to it. In the meantime, 
we're going to find a way to get this to streaming services. And thankfully we did. Now, part of the song, as you mentioned, is stepping up and stepping up in people's lives, something that resonated even in uh, the initial email I sent to Destiny. My mother, a uh, stepchild in her own right, said that that song resonated with her. She became a huge fan of yours now and kind of led me to you in the first place. And now here we are. But uh, that song itself um, and kind of talk about stepping up as a man and it's something that I think you do beautifully in a lot of your songs is sometimes in country music resonates too much about, you know, the sadness, the heartbreak, you've kind of culminated the beauty of the destiny in a lot of your life and stepping up. And one thing you've done is step up and be that father figure, as you mentioned. So I guess what advice would you give to any young man or even your former self about how to step up and kind of learn to be a man even quicker than you want to be. I mean, whenever I met destiny and I knew the kids were in the picture, I, I knew that it was not going to be just, you can't, you're not just falling in love with one person. You're going to fall in love with three or two, you know, whatever the case scenario may be for each person. But whenever I first met, I first met my son. I remember we were painting a room over at her mother's house and I just, I, I saw him crawling to each and every corner of the room that was being painted and he'd get right next to a corner and about touch the wet paint on the wall. And I'd pick him up, bring him back to the middle of the room, pick him up, bring him back to the middle of the room repeatedly to finally, I was like, all right, little dude, come here. And I just rolled, rolled over, put him over on top of me, laid him on my chest. And he just kind of stared down at me for a second and started grinning. And he was 10 months old and I just, I, I looked into this little 10 month old, 10 month old's eyes. And I was like, wow, like this, it's just, it, it's incredible. And I, I don't know something just clicked from there. And I watched my almost two year old daughter who was, you know, just as fasty then as she is now. <laughs> she, uh, she stole my heart the day I had taken them all to Walmart. And we were walking around looking at whatever odds and ends we were trying to buy for the day. And there was this giant dinosaur that was sitting next to all the Valentine's Day stuff. And all she could talk about the remainder of the day was that dinosaur. That's all I heard. It didn't matter what we were talking about, what we were watching, where we were at. She was talking about that dinosaur. So the next day on my lunch break, I went by Walmart on uh, my lunch break from work, found that big old dinosaur. And came and had it sitting on the front porch for when she got back from where her and my wife had to go that morning. And she came and saw that big old dinosaur sitting next to the front porch. And she knew she had to, she had to carry it into her room and she wasn't going to let nobody help. This thing was three times as big as she was. <laughs> and I got a video sent to me of this little bitty girl carrying this big old dinosaur and her thanking me all over the place. And it, you just, you fall so deep in love based on the fact that you realize that this is someone's life I get to be a part of for the rest of their lives. And I get to show them that love. And that's something so special to me that not only was I able to fall in love with them, but they fell in love with me. And I'm very fortunate to, to have the life that I live. And I'm thankful that I've got such beautiful and, you know, smart kids and God has blessed me in more ways than one, but it's one of those things that you never expect to happen. But when it does, you just know. 
There's no guarantee that it's going to happen. There's no guarantee that anyone's going to be put in this scenario or how it's going to pan out. But when you know, you know, because you know in your heart. And I knew in my heart when I met those two kids. That's fantastic. That's really awesome. Now, on a much lighter note to transition from such a (laughs) sweet topic, in right out of here, one of your lines is talking about the Braves losing game seven. It did happen to the Dodgers, but then they win the World Series. So putting it all together as a Braves fan, how are you feeling right now about the state of the team? And other sports-wise, I'm assuming you're – Falcons fan as well. Then what are what are the fan affiliates? Break your heart now. Uh oh, I'm not a Braves fan. Wow, not a Braves fan. I uh, I promoted it a lot in that Braves shirt though. I had it going. I had it looking good there for a minute. But <laughs> I've actually always been a Dodgers fan. Now, if I wasn't a Dodgers fan, I come back to being a Braves fan. They're my number two. But I'm not going to say that I hate the Freddie Freeman came over to good old LA <laughs> soil. So, <laughs> wow! So I'll just put that on the table. But I do think the brave their Braves are a young, strong team, and they've got they've got a lot of talent sitting on their roster that I feel like is going to carry them far season to season if they can if they can keep that team moving in a positive direction and keep pushing the pushing these young guys to really show what they've got and make you know make a name for themselves. They're they're not going to have anything but success, whether that's a championship title you know, every few years or, you know, every couple of years, they're, they're going to make a good name for themselves compared to what I feel like they might have had a rough, rocky past here in the few, probably the past 10 years. So they might not be losing a lot of game sevens, but that might be a problem for you then if you're secretly a Dodgers fan and writing about Yeah, the- let's just uh, – I'm, I'm the one always hoping that it don't come down to them two in the World Series. And when it has, I've just – gritted my teeth and said well at the end of the day i guess i didn't technically lose just didn't get my way (laughs) wow well my bubbles bursted and now it's even more bursted i'm a yankees fan you're a dodgers fan oh man such a nice guy and that just all right off the sports stuff it's just gonna cost some time Uh, talking about some of your musical influences, I know you talked about Merle Haggard and some of the older artists as well, and then obviously your father, but who are some of your musical influences as long as you can date back to and then even today? I mean, if I can, if I continue to date back, I've always enjoyed just listening to anything that George Jones ever did, and mainly because that man just had a voice that no one could match. And I used to love listening to his vocal style and the emotion he, he used to put into songs and carry over to someone who's very much in that same wheelhouse with Jamie Johnson, but not only because of the voice the guy could carry up on the stage, but the songwriting that he had akin to that of Merle Haggard, because Jamie Johnson is a, he's an amazing songwriter. He's got such a good ear for country music. He's always had a, a good head on his shoulders to keep things, keep things kind of in the alleyway that we, we like to keep ourselves. And I've, I've really respected him for that. Wow. That's awesome. And now kind of looking into some of the current artists, are there any artists you kind of look to and kind of pull influence from as you write music nowadays, or is a lot of it just solely from your heart and soul and kind of putting your own spin on things? And I've been a huge fan of Luke Combs and Chris Stapleton ever since they really broke through on the scene. I mean, I was listening to Chris Stapleton back when he was still part of the Steel Drivers. And uh, 
I love I love anything Justin Moore puts out too. The guys guys got a killer sound, and uh, it's just it's crazy to crazy to watch how much how much music is out there nowadays to listen to, and how many guys are out there really just just getting it and getting it done, and carry that over to you know people like Carrie Underwood and. Even Lauren Elena, who's not too far from us, uh, as to her roots, and Kane Brown too. Kane Brown's actually from right here where we're from, and it's it's awesome to awesome just to kind of see how these people have made a name for themselves and the the values that they still keep among, amongst everything that they're doing. And it really gives us a good inspiration to say, look, you know, just we just want to be who we are as long as we're able to put these songs out and touch people. That's awesome. You know what they all got in common? They got big booming voices, just like Tim McGraw said you got. And that's definitely something <laughs> that I think uh, I think you've got for sure and got a bright future ahead of you. So now getting to two final questions here that are staples of this podcast and one light, right. one heavy. So kind of going off of the influences and a lot of stuff we talked about when it's all said and done, Brandon, what do you want your legacy to be? I just want my legacy to be that I was a guy that loved telling stories, connecting to people through a song and giving them a chance to giving them a chance to have a song that meant something to them, whether it was something they were going through, a story they needed to tell, or, you know, that that one picked me up that maybe they couldn't find otherwise. As long as we put this music out and connect with people and show them that there's a song for, for everyone and a reason why it was written. And for my kids to be able to say that about me and say that, say that we put our heart and soul into everything and that I've left a good legacy. That's fantastic answer. One of the best I've probably ever heard to that question. So I appreciate it. And now on a completely different opposite end of the spectrum here, you could be any kind of boat. What kind Mm -hmm. of boat would you be and why? kind of boat would that be to tell you the truth i'd probably be the little thundercraft that i bought when i was a senior in high school and had just graduated and had a little bit of graduation cash i went and bought this thundercraft boat with this maroon interior brand got a brand new stereo and put everything in it except the only thing i'd change is i'd give that boat a brand new motor because that's the one thing i didn't have so i had a boat that didn't float because it would not go nowhere <laughs> but i would go back and I'd, I'd probably be that little thundercraft with a brand new mercury motor and we'd go cruising out on the out on the lake here by the tennessee river wow that's an awesome answer probably the most detailed answer i've ever gotten back to that question i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> wow it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Big fan of yours, and I'm hoping I made some more fans out of all the people who got to listen to you tell your amazing story today. So if those people want to find you, where can they find you on social media, and where can they find you on the step-by-step tour? So if they want to find us on social media, go to YouTube or Facebook and type in Brandon Davis. We'll be there as well as all streaming services. Uh, you can go to Instagram at Brandon Davis underscore music and TikTok, same thing, Brandon Davis underscore music, or catch us with all the info download at brandondavismusic.com. That's, there it is. Everybody go check out Brandon Davis everywhere you can. The guy's a superstar, but I got to let him go because 
father of four, I know you got to get that sleep because it's pretty vital, isn't it? It, it is, but you'd be surprised how much more you get done at the late night hour. So usually about kids bedtime is now solid work time. <laughs> and then it's, you know, catch, catch up on the few hours sleep and hope that the kids sleep in. So fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Brandon Davis. Thanks again for coming on, Brandon. Hey, I appreciate you having me on brother. It is officially summer. And as the temps get hotter and the sun burns brighter, you're going to need to stay hydrated. You're going to need to keep that energy up to enjoy all the hours of sunshine provided throughout your summer. And the best way to stay hydrated and maintain that energy and focus is with Liquid IV, the one-stop shop for hydration, energy, and all that good stuff you can get with these supplements. My favorite flavors are passion fruit and lemon ginger. I've always loved those. I know I've been giving out some of my liquid IV flavors to some of my friends as well, getting them to sample it as well. They've tried the peach flavor or the pear flavor, I think it is. It, it was fantastic. I tried it myself. Great flavor. Liquid IV just keeps coming out with innovative flavors. They are wherever you look at this point. I remember when they started on this podcast, it was just liquidiv.com or check out liquid IV socials. Nope. Whatever store you go to pretty much at this point, Liquid IV is there. Liquid IV is a fantastic supplement, as I mentioned, for hydration, refuel your energy, and do it in a healthy manner. All you have to do is pop one of these packets in with a water and get on with your day. Liquid IV is a fantastic product that I drink on the regular, and I could not recommend it enough. So please check out Liquid IV in your local stores, as well as liquidiv.com. That's liquidiv.com. And now back to the show. My thanks again to Brandon for taking the time to come on. Truly a privilege to sit down with one of the top young rising country music superstars. He's going to be an absolute beast in the industry. Very shortly, already is killing the game and is an exemplifier of not just one of the kindest people I've had on this podcast, but really one of the exemplifiers of how to be such a fantastic man, stepping up step-by-step with everything life has thrown at him and doing it with a fantastic attitude and making lemons out of lemonade constantly. So go check out Brandon Davis wherever you can stream him on Spotify. You can stream him on Apple Music and listen to his music. He's got some amazing songs and I'm sure more to come. Go check him out if you're near him on his step-by-step tour. Check him out on his all his socials, as he mentioned, Brandon Davis Music. And if you want to check out more of this podcast, check us out wherever you listen to the podcast. So Right now, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go through Ambitious with Dylan Price. Because I've got some other episodes backlogged. You can go listen to some great conversations recently with Erickson Lubin and Gabriel Flores Jr., two talented young boxers as well, who have come on in the past few weeks. And then if you'd like to find us on social media, check us out at Ambitious Podcast Instagram, Twitter Ambitious with DP, and YouTube is just Dylan Price. Have a fantastic week, Ambitious listeners, and I will talk to you guys soon.